you know, you look at Silicon Valley, right? I think it's the majority or at least a huge chunk of the, you know, unicorn founders are first generation or second generation immigrants. A lot. Yeah. Um, that is what creates the economic dynamism of our country, because as we get further and further from this period of trial, and it is that period of trial that makes us truly Americans, we become less American, we become more indolent, we become more pathetic, right? Mm -hmm. And we, we can undergo this trial again, but we need to commit to it. I mean, okay. keep in mind, every yeah, majority Catholic immigrant population that has ever come to America has come with gangs. The, the Irish, the mob, the Italians, the mafia, you know, yeah. the, the Hispanics, you get the R15 or whatever it's called. Like, yeah, okay. But this country is better for our Italian and, uh, and Irish immigrant population. You know, sometimes I'll be talking to another Republican and they'll be like, I don't like Muslim culture. And I'm like, do you like Trump? It's like, okay, well, then you definitely like Persian culture. If a first-generation legal immigrant is ever going on welfare, they should be immediately expelled from the country. Well, I mean, we hold similar stances for anyone who's a drain on the nations. Would you like to know more? Immigration, man. What's immigration, yeah. I, I think that the conservative movement and the way that they relate to immigration has kind of lost the plot of what it means to be an American. Some well, same with the progressive the movement. Hold oh on. yeah, they've they've lost the plot as well. Like both yes. movements absolutely have, have have lost the plot. But I think that if you look at the conservative base, they haven't. When I talk about the conservative movement, I'm talking about these elites who don't understand what the base actually wants. You know, you look at Oliver Anthony, the guy who wrote Richmond North of Richmond. Great song, mm -hmm. by the way, if you haven't checked mm -hmm. it out. Mm -hmm. And he says, America's greatest strengths is our diversity. And the people who are telling you otherwise are trying to manipulate you. He's telling the truth. You know, when we point out in our video on one of the greatest lies ever told to the American public that there is a racist conservative base that are more racist than the Democrats, it's just a lie. Like you look at 538 polling and up until Obama was elected, more white Democrats wouldn't vote for a black president than white Republicans. Mm -hmm. The situation is actually elucidated as being even worse than this in a recent set of studies where it showed that the more Democrats you had in a region, the worse both black and Hispanic populations did when contrasted with the local white populations. So having Republicans, even modern Republicans, as your politicians in a region or having a lot of the people who you are interacting with be Republicans in a region, you are going to do disproportionately well off when contrasted with the average population if you are black and Hispanic, even today. But the Republican elites have gained their idea about what Americans think from the progressive stereotypes of what their base thinks because they don't actually have a connection to their base because most of their friends are progressives and they're just acting out some idiotic role. I also want to take a moment here to address some of our fans who watch this and will sometimes comment things like, why are you guys so against ethnocentrism? Because I can understand to somebody that it might not seem like such a bad thing to care about your ethnic group over other ethnic groups. And this is a bit like somebody not understanding from when they're from like a different cultural group. And I'm like, it's a bad thing to promote your family members to government positions, even if they don't deserve those positions. And they're like, what? No, nepotism is intrinsically ethical. I'm just helping family. Helping family is always right. And it's like, well, it's not always right when it hurts society at large. And this is the same thing with pretty much all forms of ethnocentrism. It's, it's showing a short-term preference for people who are similar to you genetically over a long-term preference for the good of society and the good of our species. Because if you look, if you're thinking 100,000 years, a million years out, 
are black people, white people, Hispanic people going to exist? No, obviously not. Therefore, any sort of preference for these groups, especially if you're specifically giving preference to groups that are more like your own, shows a preference for personal vanity and vanity of the self over the long-term best interest of our species. It is showing oneself to be a traitor to the best interest of the human species in the long run, and a traitor to their nation in the long run, because clearly it's not in the best interest of their nation either. What is in the best interest is to always promote and advance whoever is meritocratically best. And again, this this because this is the way we see what racism really is, we see Democrats as much more racist than Republicans through the enacting of things like affirmative action, because ethnocentrism isn't, you know, a monopoly held by white people, and you can be ethnocentric for other races as well, which is what the Democrats absolutely are. And as we see from the previous polls that I just mentioned here, this affirmative action is obviously hurting these populations in the long run, as can be seen by the more Democrat a region is, the less achievement or differential achievement you see between the local white population and either the black or Hispanic population. So the way I see it, there is no middle ground here. You either live to serve the human species and live to advance the interests of the human species, or you live to serve yourself and advance the interests of yourself. Uh, of course, there's the third group, which is the negative utilitarians, which live to under undermine the interests of the human species, even at a cost to themselves. So they, they obviously are a uniquely evil group, but of, of the rest of the population, I really think it can easily, when I look at like who are allies, they, they get split into those two categories. Is their best interest the interest of the human species, or is their best interest serving themselves and people like them? Once, somebody asked me if I knew the difference between a citizen and a civilian. I can tell you now. A citizen has the courage to make the safety of the human race their personal responsibility. But when we talk about what it means to be an American and the way we relate to immigration, we have a very interesting perspective, which is I am pro-immigrant and pro-immigration, but I am not pro-making immigration easier or pro-making becoming a citizen easier. Yeah. And this really surprised people. They're like, yeah, but what about all the immigrants that are dying on the way that they're coming here? What about all of this difficulty in getting here? What about, and I'm like, the point. That's the way it's always been. That's the reason why we're a strong country. And we also need to keep in mind that not all immigrants are the same, right? In the U.S., we've been blessed with an unusually productive immigrant population when contrasted with Europe, and we can get to why that is. But the left, they say all immigrants good, right? Obviously, that's stupid. But just as stupid as the perspective, all immigrants bad. This is a, a nuanced issue, and what we need to do is implement rules that disproportionately filter for immigrants who make this country stronger, while mm -hmm. also working to ensure that we do not mimetically sterilize these individuals once we come to our country mm -hmm. and treat them like a disposable resource, which is one of the things we're doing right now, which is really terrible. You know, because right. of our low fertility rates, we are taking the best and the best from Africa. We're taking the best and the best from South America, and then we are sterilizing them. You, you look, the average immigrant fertility rate the last time I looked in the U.S. was 0 0.7, but it's certainly lower now first-generation immigrant, which is about the same as the mainline population in the U.S., which is not good, you know? Mm -hmm. So they, we are exhausting this resource, both culturally, genetically, everything like that, all around the world. So it's something that we need to talk about, but America, everyone in America, or almost everyone in America, is a descendant from some group that underwent enormous hardship to be here. And I think that a lot of people just don't understand that because that's not what's really taught in the school system. 
they're like, well, yeah, I mean, obviously, like the African slaves underwent enormous hardship, which they did to be here. But the whites, you know, they came under these indentured servitude contracts in, in big numbers. And and these, you know, they worked their way out of these really quickly. And this is because they've never actually studied what happened in the indentured servitude contracts. Hmm. So out of every 10 that came over, seven of them died, not survived, three survived out of every 10 that came over on indentured servitude contracts. Uh, a lot Wait, of people it, think you don't they, want to pay them at the end. The whole thing is that like they work and then you have to give them land. Well, yes. Yeah, so this is what a lot of people don't know is the way that these contracts worked is if they live to the end of their contract, you had to give them a portion of your land of your asset. Yeah, there was every incentive, but to make you sure didn't, that they didn't have to pay it. them if they died. Yeah. You didn't have to convenient. do anything if they died. Mm -hmm. Uh, the situation that these people were under was genuinely horrifying. If you think about the incentives and why the death rate was so high in this community. And also keep in mind, many didn't come over with consent. This wasn't a choice that many indentured servants made. So it's also not exactly, you know, why do you say that? That's, I don't think that's true. A, a lot, if, and I, I guess I need to like research this, but if I'm remembering correctly, a lot of people sometimes were criminals and sent over as part of their sentence. They were indebted. But they depended on which colonies they were going to, the north yeah. or the south. Mm -hmm. But yeah, you're right. Okay, so I went to go check this. In the early colonial period, likely over half and perhaps upwards of two thirds arrived voluntarily. These were primarily immigrants from Europe looking for economic opportunity. However, conditions were still harsh. Over time, especially in the late 1600s and early 1700s, an increasing number were convicted laborers, essentially exiled from countries like Britain against their will. Estimates vary, but they may have made up 30 to 50% of some colony servant populations. Additionally, thousands of children were forcibly taken from poverty in Britain and sent to colonies like Virginia to do labor. So, so you had that situation with a portion of the population. You're the very earliest settlers. Anyone who has studied, like, what happened at Roanoke, what happened there, like, yeah, but what about the people who didn't have to come over as indentured servants? Very, very earliest settlers. It was incredibly trying, and a huge portion of them died. They're like, okay, okay, okay. But then what about later immigrant groups? Like, the Irish, right? If you study the ships that came over with the Irish immigrants during the big immigration wave, there are reports of like ships opening and most of the people had starved. Hmm. Most of the people had starved or died of something else. And, and it was just a few living humans on this ship. Now, again, we should not underplay the horrors of slavery. When the slaves were coming over, if you look at the designs of the way these ships were held, where they were chained and they had to live in their excrement and feces. And then when they would have problems, they would just dump slaves like ballast into the ocean. Like it was horrifying. You look at the the Irish immigrant, uh, sorry, the um, Italian immigrants. People are like, yeah, but the Italians didn't have it that bad. Frederick Douglass, Frederick Douglass, escaped slave, Famous African advocate in one of his letters to the uh, Christian Tribune, I want to say, he said that the he went to, to Italy during this period, South Italy, and he said that while their situations were similar, the average Italian had it worse than the average in his words. Again, gosh, I remember reading this clear as day in a history textbook a long time ago, but uh, I cannot find the original source anymore, e even though I remember where the letter was sent and everything. So... Uh, make it that what you will. If anyone can find what I'm thinking of here, uh, let me know in the comments. But, like, it was 
terrible for most of these immigrant groups in a way that is so much worse than what we are taught about in the standard public education system today. If you read about the potato famine, because people don't know how bad the potato Oh my was, gosh. There is accounts of people walking into cities that were ghost towns, just, you know, starved people all over the streets. And then they noticed that the corpse's eyes are tracking them. Mm -hmm. um, and they realized it's not skeletons. It's They're it's literally dying. like a city of zombified, almost humans being mummified alive. It is, they go into houses and there's children's and families cuddled up together with like one member still having eyes tracking them. Like it is, the level of horror is almost indescribable. If you look at what people had to go through, like the Donner Party, if you look at what the, or the early Mormons had to go through in these crusades out out west as they migrated out to these areas it was genuinely horrifying and then what the native americans went through genuinely horrifying what america is made up of is people lots of people who underwent great trials to be here well this is one thing that gets me so mad when people are like is the american dream dead and i'm like i'm sorry like are you aware of what the American dream has been for the vast you, majority you of American history? wouldn't have immigrants if the American dream was dead. Well, the American dream involves a lot of struggle, a lot of sacrifice. I, I, I think people think American dream means that without working at all, I get a two-car garage and a big screen TV and I don't really have to work. And it's like, no, 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 that, that is never. The American dream has always been that if you work your ass off you have a shot a shot at building a better future and for not children, a guarantee for your children not even for you not exactly mm -hmm. and, and like, you look at what immigrants want for their kids and this is what they want which makes it even more horrifying that these groups are being sterilized their children are being taken from them and then marched through the centers of the the power centers of our society in displays of western culture or the urban monoculture's victory over their lesser native cultures or the cultures that they immigrated with that you know resemble roman triumphs over their their enemies to think of all of the things that these individuals sacrificed and then they came here and then all of that was taken from them clarify when people say i came to a country for my kids what they mean is i came to a country for my descendants not so their individual children could live these lives of opulent hedonism doing whatever they want whenever they want completely spitting on their parents sacrifice but it reminded me you know we had a reporter who was talking to us once and she was a, an indian immigrant who who hadn't had kids and she's like well i came here and then i acclimatized uh, sorry a daughter of indian immigrants you know her parents sacrificed everything to give her this good life and i'm saying i don't want these other communities to be sterilized in the way that your family was sterilized and she's like but you know i have the right to do that because that happened to me basically was was her logic i have the right to take these other people's children and sterilize them because that happened to me. And I'm like, no, you, when these other communities came to America historically, whether they're Irish, Italian, anything else, there were always people complaining. And you can see these great, you know, one of my favorite political cartoons is like a bunch of, you see it, it's a bunch of white sons of immigrants trying to keep out other white sons of immigrants out. Like this idea of keeping out immigrants is not tied to ethnicity. They were always sure that these immigrant groups were going to destroy the nature 
of our country. And yet it evolved the nature of our country, but uh, being good is the, the cycle of intergenerational improvement. And if it is luxury that is causing your group or your community to become sterilized, then maybe you do deserve to become extinct. But we shouldn't be luring other people here without telling them or fully educating them on the risks that they are undertaking and coming here in terms of actually making life better for their children. And we talk yeah. about what immigrants add to our country. You know, you look at Silicon Valley, right? I think it's the majority or at least a huge chunk of the, you know, unicorn founders are first generation or second generation immigrants. A lot. Yeah. Um, that is what creates the economic dynamism of our country, because as we get further and further from this period of trial, and it is that period of trial that makes us truly Americans, we become less American. We become more indolent. We become more pathetic right mm -hmm. and we we can undergo this trial again but we need to commit to it and we need to look into and study the the immigrant populations that we are descended from and truly understand what was sacrificed to give us the lives that we have and try to live with that in mind every day how much did my parents suffer how much did my parents suffer under you know the early immigrant period under slavery under you know, whatever, like, it, it, and that is your motivation to do better and improve your community. Well, also, you know, as a, when, when you improve your community, you often as a side effect, improve the country as a whole. Absolutely. Um, yeah. And, and, and so this is a very interesting perspective that we take is we are not pro assimilation, <laughs> not hugely. Now, Europe is a different situation. Europe gets honestly much worse immigrants than we get in the U S in terms of the economic productivity of these groups, because they're just are not the same trials to immigrate into Europe as there are to immigrate into America. Yeah. Uh, there is no durian pass. There is no, like, it's, it's a very different phenomenon for these individuals. Wait, durian um, path. Is this a phrase? I'm like the fruit. No, the durian pass is a pass uh, where Central America connects to South America. Oh, a pass. Okay, so like, there is no there is no hazardous route. I thought it would, like you were referring to. The no, it is a hazardous route. It's yeah, it's, no, 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 the, no roads. So, yeah. I no... thought you were referring to the the durian path, as in like you have to eat the really smelly no, no, fruit. No. No, no, no. Okay. And you can look at, you know, videos of what these people are going through. It is genuinely harrowing. This is not a cakewalk. And they are going through hostile countries that don't want them there. You know, you get to America. Yeah, America doesn't want immigrants traveling through their country. You know who wants it less? Mexico. Mexico is incredibly hostile and racist and has much more anti-immigrant policies than America does towards other Latin American immigrants. Mm. It's really funny. These Arizona laws that everyone was freaking out about when they were, I, I can't remember, there were some laws in Arizona and everyone was like, this is horrible. You could just ask anyone for their... ID cards, you know, whenever you want, you know, that that's, oh, that's totalitarian, yeah, 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 yeah. that's yeah. anti-Hispanic. Uh, Those laws had been in Mexico for like a decade. Like nobody cared. Nobody knew. Nobody actually focused on what was happening. Um, and, and that is because we are more identified as Americans, as a country of immigration than, than Mexico is. So we feel this instinctualness, but I think progressives are unreasonable in, in how easy they want to make this for immigrants and the way that that causes our country to suffer. But I also think that as conservatives, when you meet immigrants in this country, you know, they are people who have gone through enormous hardship 
often to be here. Yeah. And that shows their worthiness of being here. And well, in many yeah. ways, you know, they're like, well, at least make them legal. Is the life of a legal immigrant harder than the life of an illegal immigrant? No, I think it's easier. And in that respect, the life of an illegal immigrant is more American to me, more <sighs> showing. But also you've got to keep in mind that that the immigrants we get from every country isn't the same. You know, I talked about this in the previous video, almost like olive oil, you know, like the first squeeze oh. of a country is typically going to be the best, <laughs> um, you know. In countries where you get one squeeze and then it's done, you're typically going to get the very, very best early on, you know, like Cuba or something like that. Or, you know, Taiwan being made up of Chinese immigrants, right? Like they they have this super advantage of, of being all of the economically successful people in the country or a huge chunk of them when the communist revolution was happening. And it's the same, you know, for us, was, was, when you see people from different countries, they are not the same. You know, it is not the yeah. same to get immigrant refugees that absolutely have to leave with their country. Like this is an area where I actually feel pretty strongly. I'm not pro-refugee immigrants. If they are leaving because they had to leave from their country, not because they choose to leave from their country, mm -hmm. they are not leaving because of a cultural alignment with what makes America, America, which is mm -hmm. this intergenerational improvement and desire to do better even when you don't have to leave your country. Yeah. Well, and, and who really impresses me is, is like we we have a, a business in Peru and we have employees in Peru and we've met a bunch of people there. The people that we know who are, who are trying to immigrate to the United States are hands down, not only like the, the most talented and ambitious, but also the most affluent, you know, to a certain extent, because it's actually kind of hard and expensive and difficult to this is really interesting, yeah, because we know a lot of people who live in Latin America, and the best people we know in Latin America. Are yeah, the we're like, oh my gosh, like, and it, I, I get really frustrated because I see how hard it is for them. I see they walk me through the steps they're going through. It's it is insane how hard it is to immigrate to the U.S. and, and when you're doing it legitimately, which is what they're doing. But like, we want these people, and I mean, if anything, I feel kind of bad that the united states is brain draining such talented and well, amazing we need people to create, from their nation yeah so i'm not pro our exact existing immigration system i think we are our, our immigration system shouldn't be a lottery or anything like that it should be okay. based on merit mm -hmm. you know it is insane yes. that we have the best universities in the world and then we kick out these people after they get phds <laughs> i know no, what on earth you know if somebody is has a potential for high economic productivity we should easily allow them in there should be multiple ways that people can complete the trial to become an american citizen exactly. and one of them should be proving economic productivity anyone who is economically productive could make a good american citizen i think and and i'm and i'm very pro moving our immigration system in that direction as trump tried to but he was prevented to from the right as well as the left was and he? this was he tried yeah, to, I'm trying to I, mean, he, I thought like my impression was he was just entirely blocked by by the deep state it wasn't even like a, I mean, yeah, like obviously the left was against it, but like it was just more the of The right like, needs to rally around this more to understand yeah. that we, like America matters. Like as a unit, it matters, right? And we win, you know, it, I'll never understand groups like like Nick Fuentes, right? Who mm -hmm. is a Catholic integralist. You know, he wants the entire world to be under a Catholic caliphate, mm -hmm. trying to keep out immigrants. You know, like he's also famously anti-Hispanic immigrant. I'm like, these are mostly tradcasts. Like, what are you fucking doing? Yeah, dude. Like, this makes no sense. If you think we can all live under a Catholic governing body, then, you know, clearly you think that they can work under our governing system, right? And so I just, it, 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 it's, it's sad to me and I think the, the truth is, and anyone who's a Republican strategist sees this, is the, ref the future for conservatives winning is to win the Hispanic vote.
they are like twice as big well, as white Americans. Okay, black. but hold on. Like I would say the Hispanic vote is among so legal immigrants to the United States and sometimes first and second generation. I thought we're among the most skeptical of immigration. They're kind of like, okay, one and done. Like I'm, 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 I'm here. Let's shut it down. No, they, they are. They are uniquely, you know, they do have a unique amount of skepticism towards immigration. But okay, so I I'm not crazy there. That is a thing. I think that the left has been able to create a portrait of the right as being anti-Hispanic uh -huh. by appealing to these immigration issues. And so I think that we need to do better at signaling what we're really about with immigration and mm -hmm. do better at being pro-immigration, but pro-targeted immigration instead of, you know, untargeted immigration. And I think that like lottery-based immigration, I, I don't think that's a good idea. And so, yeah. To make it hard, I, but. These communities, I think if you just show, you know, that the conservative party understands that these individuals are conservative and values them and their communities, mm -hmm. they are like our, we have a lot of Hispanic friend groups. They are very, very ready to switch sides. And we already see it happening at record numbers. Mm -hmm. Um, the, if you, if you look at the statistics in terms of like. And well, and for other reasons too. I mean, I think there, a lot of immigrant groups have seen how progressive groups have treated them and are kind of like, well, <laughs> so long. I see what you think of me. We're done here. Yeah. And this is, this is also true for, for Muslim immigrant groups. Mm -hmm. There are various types of Muslim immigrants. Like, like Muslims are not a monolith. And if you look at the U S we often get like pretty good Muslim immigrants, but the, the economically productive Muslim immigrant groups are one very conservative and they are a huge boon to our country. Hmm. Whereas the, the uneconomically productive Muslim immigrants, the ones who are drains off the state in their existing country and plan to be drains off the state when they get to our country, these individuals are genuinely dangerous. And I understand the worry about these people as immigrant groups, mm -hmm. but when you are able to make this distinction and assist in the migration of educated, economically productive Muslim immigrant populations, you make it a lot harder for the left to come at you and and bring in more, you know, less productive and more dangerous immigrant groups under the, the insinuation that you're being Islamophobic. Hmm. Um and this is just like very obvious to me. You know, you look at like, for example, America, like you want to talk about like one of the most American dispositionally immigrant groups I know, it's Persians. Like if, if people are like, what are Persians personality wise? They're just like Americans. They're very <laughs> proud mercantilistic. I often say that Trump reminds me of like, he, he he does not come off as American culturally to me. He comes off as Persian culturally. <laughs> he does though. Very Persian. It's like that thousand. But part. also very American, and like that's your point. Like, yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes I'll be talking to another Republican, and they'll be like, "Oh, you know, I don't I don't like Muslims. I don't like Muslim culture," and it's because they they are unaware of the diversity of Muslim culture. I'm like, "Do you like Trump?" It's like, okay, well then you definitely like Persian culture because that's just. Persian culture. All they want is to make the place really nice. We're going to put down some lovely blue carpet and gold curtain rods. I know it, I know it. For hours, the Lesbos kept the Persians back, holding them off, keeping them from decorating. Finally, the Persians grew tired and many wanted to go shopping for more designer sunglasses. That's my point, is that that these things, like like the Persians are a Muslim immigrant group, but they are not antithetical to Americanism. They are not antithetical to our way of life. 
and that when we say we don't like Muslim immigrants, we need to be a bit more specific there because uh, a lot of these Muslim groups, you know, the American Farsi population is, is fantastic and very economically productive and very dispositionally American and a boon to our country. Yeah, that's, I think that is the really like underrated thing is, is a lot of the news is look at these like Muslim populations in Europe. No, no, no. These are, these are just like, they are people coming from Muslim majority countries, but then like, look at people who are coming from Muslim majority countries here. They're affluent, they're entrepreneurial, they're killing it. Like they're amazing. They're wonderful, like citizens. Like you, you can't just, I mean, so like, and yeah, it's not like, you know, we have criminals coming from, you know, majority Catholic countries too. Which we right? always have. Every and majority people are like, all oh, those Catholics, you got to watch out for the Catholic. It's it's the Catholics that are bad. No, it's no, it's just well, like we used the kind to say of that. immigrant you're getting. To word this a bit differently, with our current largely unfiltered immigration system, there are a lot of Hispanic immigrants that come into our country and are a drain on our national resources and on our welfare system. Those immigrants are majority Catholic. Yet, I don't go out there, and I think very few people would go out there and say that means Catholics are bad broadly as an immigrant group, in the same way that if Europe has a problem with bad Muslim immigrants, it is just as fallacious to say Muslims are broadly bad as an immigrant group. And note here that I am specifically speaking about Hispanic immigrants that then go disproportionately onto welfare, which is not all Hispanic immigrant groups in the U.S. Uh, and again, this is the point that we're making, is you have to better differentiate between immigrant groups instead of grouping them in these giant lumps. There are going to be economically productive pockets of almost any immigrant population, and that's what we want coming into our country. I mean, okay. keep in mind, every majority Catholic immigrant population that has ever come to America has come with gangs. The yeah. Irish, the mob. The Italians, the mafia. <laughs> you know yeah. the, the hispanics you get the r15 or whatever it's called like yeah okay but this country is better for our italian in uh in irish immigrant population and we will be better for the just because they come with organized crime is if we said we need to keep them out because of that then we would have kept out the italians and the irish yeah um, because they also came with organized crime yeah. and it's just something that catholic immigrant populations do yeah. Well, and also like I, the other thing is in, in Sweden, there's a huge, huge, huge problem with crime that came with refugee immigrant populations in other nations that also received refugee immigrant populations. They're not seeing the same amount of just like literal dead zones in cities that, you know, are like huge, huge crime problems because they crack down on it. So a lot of this also comes down to like, okay, what are you doing in your cities and your states to crack down on behavior that you don't find to be acceptable? And this is really true. And this is where being pro-immigrant does not mean anti-profiling. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You know, so if you are in the, the age of the Irish mob or the Italian mafia and somebody's coming up talking like an Italian mob guy, like, and you're like, okay, you Italian immigrant, we're going to be extra harsh on you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. The, if if the someone's doing something not cool, Italians. Yeah. Like don't let them do it, but also like, don't stop entire groups of people because like 5% of them do a thing. That's not cool. But you well, could just, a lot of these you know, countries, they have uh, become insane in the way that they've handled this and that they don't even let you say, this is a problem within our Muslim immigrant population. Mm -hmm. And therefore we need to disproportionately police our Muslim immigrant population. When America had problems with our Irish immigrant population and when we had problems with our Italian immigrant population, America did need to disproportionately police those populations. 
Like, duh. And we did. And there weren't people like saying, oh, this is a terrible thing that you're disproportionately policing the new immigrant populations where crime is concentrated of this specific type. But again, you know, we do need to keep in mind that, again, not all immigrant populations are equal. And the very best way to do this is to create challenges. Like make it hard for low immigrant populations to come to the country, but make sure that they can always get in some way if they undergo enough sacrifices. Mm -hmm. And then for high economic productivity in immigrant populations, make it easy. That's the way I generally approach immigration. There you go. And uh, yeah, it. I love you. Do it. And I hope that we're able to convince people. Like, I, I, I think that it's inevitable that the conservatives switch on this because it is so obvious to me and everyone who's a Republican strategist that I talk to that that the Hispanic vote is going to be a defining vote of the conservative movement moving forwards. Mm -hmm. And that while this vote is skeptical of immigration, they are not as anti, you know, as, as, as some of these other individuals. And, and some of the stuff that's been happening is wrong and we need to find ways to improve the way that we are engaging with immigrants and treating immigrants agreed there's it's a lot that can be done and i and i'd point out you know other people entering this country so long as they're not on the dole and this is the thing when they do come into this country they are on the dole which is a disproportionate problem within some immigrant populations kick them out if a first generation legal immigrant is ever going on welfare, they should be immediately expelled from the country. Well, I mean, we hold similar stances for anyone who is a drain on the nation. So, you know, equal opportunity here. But yeah, 100 well, percent. But that if they're not, then, then they're not preventing you from having kids. Mm -hmm. You know, they're not interfering your cultural group. Does the world they're contributing to your GDP. They're providing services and they're improving their own circumstances. Leave them alone. Yeah. I love you to death, Simone. I love you too, gorgeous.